Hello and welcome back to Mining Stock Daily with me, Paul Harris. Today we're talking about copper exploration in the United States and I have great pleasure to be joined by Paul Harbridge, President and CEO of Faraday Copper. Good morning, Paul. Good morning, Paul. Great to be here. Thank you. Likewise. Great to see you again. Um, you've just clo- finished your 10,000 metre phase two drilling program at your Copper Creek project in Arizona. Uh, you've been putting out some good results. Uh, one example is 30.5 metres at 0.9% copper with some gold and silver in there as well at the, the bold breccia. Um, tell us about the, the phase two drilling program. How did it go? Did it meet your expectations? What were you pleased about? What were you not pleased about? You know, thanks, Paul. The phase two drill program, in my mind, was a huge success. You know, it is all of the drill results and the drilling was done post the updated MRE and PEA that we put out earlier this year. So it's certainly showing that we've got significant upside on the project, both in terms of you know near surface open pit expansion, as well as the underground is still open. And we've got an exciting portfolio of untested targets at surface as well. Um, and then more specifically on the results, as you point out, you know, we continue to intersect high-grade results near surface, which have the potential to be mined by you know, open pit method. And I think what's really encouraging as well is we sort of had this situation where we'd got um, the open pit high-grade breaches in one part of the deposit and then the underground was slightly displaced from those open pits and generally you know the open pits are associated with these breccia style mineralization and the underground is by the porphyry so there was this sort of disconnect but what we recognized was that um, previous drilling particularly for the underground was vertical and was focused on the sub-horizontal veins that host that style of mineralization. But they weren't optimal for the near vertical breccia style. So the drill hole that you just mentioned in the bold pit, which is above American Eagle, really demonstrates the potential for more high-grade breccias above the underground American Eagle resource. And conversely, in the breaches where there hasn't been deep drilling, there's the potential for more, you know, underground mineralization as it tracks down into the porphyry. Okay, thank you, Paul. Now, um, you mentioned that um, you've got a, a going to do a twenty thousand meters or start a twenty thousand meter phase three drilling program in the December quarter, in the fourth quarter of this year. What What are the aims of that? What What do you hope to achieve with that uh, phase? Yeah. So you know. <laughs> People always think, you know, um, there's not much happens once you stop drilling, but this is almost the busiest time, you know, because when, you, when you're drilling, you're, you're busy sort of managing drill programs, uh, administration, you know, sort of catching cores, it comes out the hole. Now the hard yards start with, in terms of integrating all of that d- data, both the drill hole data and we've also fl- recently flown a new detailed airborne geophysics survey as well as a hyperspectral survey. So we're integrating all of those layers. Um, really, the phase to then drive um, three components of that next phase of drilling. So one is the continued expansion of the open pit resource and following up on, on the results from the phase two. Uh, further testing the, the high-grade zones within the underground. 
and then starting to test a new target or further test new targets at surface. And, and as we've stated before, you know, there's many hundreds of breaches that have been mapped at surface. Only 35 have had a drill hole and just 17 are in the resource. So we've got many more to go and evaluate. And that's where these new data layers will help to prioritize and, and rank. So we believe there's plenty more to be found and excited about that phase three program. Thank you, Paul. Now, you've already got, what, £4.2 billion of copper as, as a defined resource. And as you mentioned, the, the phase two 10,000 metres, that's after the resource. You've got that to sort of incorporate at some point in the future. And uh, following this 20,000 metres, will that be the moment in time when you sort of do a resource update? Or is that uh, pending, obviously, results and things of that nature? Yeah, no, I think... You know, we are aiming to, to probably do a resource update and, and maybe even a, a PEA update post the phase three. That will then incorporate, you know, close to 30,000 metres of additional drilling when you take into account the phase two. You know, I think importantly, there was a comment you made earlier, Paul, about gold and silver. And, and particularly on the gold side, gold hasn't been captured in the mineral resource estimate previously because there was insufficient data coverage. And, and as it wasn't assayed. And so we're starting to see in various phases of breaches that there is an enrichment in gold. So, you know, as, as well as planning for that phase three drill program, we've got a, a metallurgical program and assay program underway to, to test for, or to analyze for gold, to bring that into the a future resource updates. And the metallurgical work is looking at uh, gold deportment into the concentrate and then also we're doing value engineering. So the current PA envisages a sort of 30 year mine life producing on average just over 50,000 tonnes of copper annually. We're looking at a potential expansion of that, the throughput going from 30 to 45, and then overall production going up to an average of 75,000 tonnes per day. So that will be starting to you know, incorporate the phase two and then really being driven by the phase three programme. Okay, so um, I, I was going to ask you about the sort of gold program, but uh, you've basically just explained it. But that, that's potentially a very significant uh, sort of economic kicker or addition to, to the yeah. project. No, certainly it's a, a byproduct, um, an additional byproduct that hasn't been captured yet. Um, you know, it, it's not across the entire mineralized system, as I say, it's certain breaches and it's also the keel and underground. You know, we, we probably wouldn't be looking at a, at a separate gold circuit, but it would go into the concentrate. And presumably that would make the, the concentrate more attractive to potential buyers. Yes, uh, certainly it would. And I mean, already, you know, we're seeing that the concentrate, it's a clean concentrate. You know, there's no deleterious elements and we're getting good copper grades of, of averaging 32 to 34 percent. So having an additional precious metal component will make it, you know, very marketable. OK, looking at us, all the, the big picture, you, you sort of plotting out the next, I guess, the next couple of years of work. Um, at what point in time do you think you'll be able to sort of, you know, really start permitting, you know, filing the project description, starting the permitting? How long do you anticipate the permitting track taking? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, we're, we're well underway with that already, you know, working with the regulators across the, the US, and making sure that we've got the framework in place for the data collection. And, and the priority right now is, is in terms of the environmental baseline work. So, you know, we've been installing piezometers in our drill holes. We've got flow meters mapping out the drainages. We're doing our water chemistry and water elevation. And so we've built out that database in collaboration with the regulators so that we've got the data being collected. And from an environmental standpoint, it's, it's two years of data collection before you can submit that as part of your EIA on the back of a PFS. Okay, thank you, Paul. Now, copper isn't yet on the US critical minerals list, although it's recognized as being a key metals needed for the energy transition and things of that nature. Are you starting to see, or is there any evidence that the the government authorities are, you know, prioritizing or facilitating, you know, work on copper projects such as yours to help them advance? You know, we're certainly seeing a lot of talk in, in Washington. I saw some charts today that, that suggested while it may be low on, on the, uh, the critical metals list today, in the next 12 to 18 months it, it's um, going up in, into a higher level. And, and there's a lot of talk of it, you know, probably in the next year going onto that critical metals list. There's also talk that, you know, if, if the copper is produced in the US and is going into US industry, then there is potential funding um, coming much quicker as well. Okay, I know other projects in the United States have been able to get US government funding to help with the cost of feasibility studies, for example. Um, I imagine that would be very, very useful for Faraday as well if that's available for a copper project. It certainly won't. We've, we've certainly had some early discussions with Department of Energy, Department of Defense, and, and they've, they've said, you know, just be patient, funding is coming. And as I say, if, if you can show that your copper is going to be used in, in um, U.S. industry, then I think that's a, a potential sort of leapfrog to, to acquiring financing earlier or sooner. Okay, excellent stuff. Okay, so um, let, let's end by sort of summarising, if we can, what some of the, the key milestones over the next six to 12 months for Faraday will be. Yeah, certainly, Paul. I mean, it, it sort of starts now, as you said, you know, we put out the last results of our phase two programme this week. But, um, you know, quickly on the heels, you're going to start to see gold results coming out from that gold assaying program, you know, more metallurgical results that will, you know, help to understand how that uh, gold will be extracted. And then it's about the phase three drilling and, and results from that. And then, you know, updated mineral resource and, and further study work. So that's really, you know, the next 12 to 24 months very busy times. No, and uh, you know, I think exciting to be in the copper space. I mean, there's a, a, a number of reports out recently suggesting, you know, copper's going over five dollars by 2025. I think, you know, as it looks like economies are, uh, are going to take a soft landing, you know, as, as we come out of the economic crisis, you know, I think the, the real, and particularly considering the, the, the tough climatic conditions a lot of the Northern Hemisphere has been going through this summer, then there's going to be that acceleration for the clean 
green energy transition and, and copper's at the forefront of that. And, you know, in terms of our, our work uh, and de-risking the project, then, you know, we're going to have a project ready to development as we, as we exit, um, you know, this economic crisis. I think you're right. Uh, you know, the outlook for the copper and the copper price is, I think, very, very strong. Okay, Faraday Copper trades on the TSX under FDY and on the OTCQX under CPPKF. Paul Harbridge, President and CEO, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you, Paul. And stay tuned to Mining Stock Daily for more CEO interviews.